What's up, everybody? Binge well done. Coming at you live on this beautiful corona-free day. Today is Friday, Friday, July the 1st at 5, 10 in the morning. How are you doing? So, I'm a hater. I know I am, you know, but at least I'm honest. Um, what do I mean by that? You know, here's the thing. Like, I was talking with somebody, uh, a good friend of mine the other day, and, um, you know, I don't like it when somebody complains about something and they don't do anything about it. You know, so if somebody's like, uh, you know, if they wanted to lose weight, but they're not doing anything about it, uh, and they say, wish me the best for my health or, or whatever, some crazy stuff, look at them like, I'm not going to wish you the best. What am I going to do that for? <laughs> I mean, like, you got to do it yourself. You think me wishing is going to help you stop being fat? Like, it's kind of an extreme example is the first one, but not too much, you know? Uh, you know, good luck on your test. Did you study? No, but wish me luck. Mm, I'm not going to do it, you know? But anyway, digressing a little bit. What I'm saying is, is that we are talking about how there is so many things that are unfair in life. Um, provided by, there's a catch, okay? Provided by the good old-fashioned formula of hard work equals success doesn't merit to success. A lot of times in life, um, depending on what industry you're in, if it's like, you know, some of the conversations that I, that I have on this are actually like kind of recycled, but this one kind of is, but anyway, I'm just going to keep moving with it. What I mean by cycle is, is like recycle, like I've said it before, but this is like a different angle of that exact thing. But anyway, um, a lot of times in life, uh, let's just say it's something like football or sports or something. It's a meritocracy. If you can catch that damn ball and run fast and the guy beside you, you're going to be, uh, you know, a New York giant or part of the 76ers or whatever. I'm just making up stuff. Basketball team, football team, whatever, you name it, right? There is a meritocracy to physical athletics. However, um, and, and if it's academics, you get a better paper, okay? That's great. Um, in the academic world, I'm pretty sure maybe this isn't completely accurate, but um, you can get the higher score than somebody else. And I don't think it has to do with personality if you get the job. I just think it's, oh, they're trying to find out, you know, new ways of building rockets and stuff like that. And you tested higher on this test, so you get the job, right? I mean, it makes sense. But in the uh, entertainment industry and comedy and stuff like that, um, it, it is not how hard you work. Perfect example. Um, this buddy of mine, and that he, this actually is a normal story that happens to a lot of people, but it's just an example, okay? If you were to go to a comedy club and there's 10 comedians, five comedians, whatever, on one show, and you're the newest guy of them all, okay? You have many obstacles to get through to even get on stage again, having nothing to do with you being the funniest guy in the room, 100%. So, if you're the funniest guy in the room and you haven't been on a show with these people before and the headliner, the guy that everybody's there to see, you outshine them, okay? There's two philosophies when somebody, quote unquote, outshines somebody. There's a really great uh, comedian, Cedric the Entertainer. He said one time that if somebody is a better comedian than me, 
uh, or no, uh, crushes, like does amazing on stage before I, before I go out. Because usually in a comedy show, there's like the host, the feature, which is like the person that, um, that goes before the headliner and the headliner, which is like the guy that you're paying for, paying, paying for to see the Dave Chappelle, the Joe Rogan, the whatever, right? Fill in the blank. But the feature is the guy that goes on before, kind of warms up the crowd. When Cedric the Entertainer, this comedian one time said, if my feature does an amazing job crushing and making the whole crowd, okay, there's a lot of headliners that don't like that. They actually, it's kind of like having an ugly friend if you're pretty. You know what I mean? And they will actually have a comedian that is not as good as them, still good, still funny, consistent laughs, ha ha, that's great, moving on, but not belly laughs, not the kind where you're grabbing yourself and you're like, ah, you know what I'm saying? Um, because they want to outshine them. They want to be that pretty girl beside that ugly girl. They want to just look better. And they do that by purposely choosing someone that is not as good as them. Okay. It's weird, but it's true. Being 100% honest, right? You see pretty girls all the time. It's a psychology thing. Uh, and it's psychological too. I know I said psychology and psychological, but those are both right in two different ways the way I said it. But anyway... Um, it's psychological on the aspect of the person that is the pretty girl, that is the headliner, the main guy performing, because ego-wise, he he wants to like the whole crowd to see, oh, that guy wasn't good. You ready to see what good is? Now, Cedric the Entertainer said if um, he his feature is like a new guy or something like that, or maybe even a guy that's just getting better, and he goes out and he crushes, he has people grabbing their belly and they're all healing over and just, oh my gosh, you're just like laughing so hard like a bomb is going off, right? He said, and he was specifically talking about this exact topic that I'm talking about right now, right? He said that he isn't that kind of comic that isn't going to find somebody funny and he's going to find the funniest guy he can because he wants a challenge. He wants to raise the bar every single time so he'll get the next best, you know, comic out there to crush and it's easier to crush when you have fewer minutes doing a 15 minute set of consistent laughs and having everybody roll over laughing and they're barely containing themselves okay doing it for an hour more experience more time and it's more of a challenge because the intensity it's kind of like if you were to do like a uh, an intense workout for 15 minutes crossfit whatever but i mean like max weights and I said, okay, now let's just do this circuit one more time, but for an hour. And you have to keep up the exact tempo, right? So the exact pace, you know, uh, without slowing down or anything like that. You just keep rocking and keep moving forward. It's, it's a, a bigger uh, act of uh, actions, right? But what he said was he wants to have someone equal or better than him in that 15 minute period so when he goes on he can raise the bar and be even better than that guy now getting back to what I was saying when it comes to the entertainment industry or something like that there is an actual there is an actual thing out there where if you're a music if you're a musician for example we'll get to comedy in a second but if you're a musician if they have like different statuses of records like uh, gold platinum you know platinum album double platinum whatever to where if the the company wants to be able to give that person a label, they will actually buy they will actually buy the albums and then resell them to everybody. 
and they can always say, hey, he went double platinum. Is that accurate? Yes, it is. Did he sell 20 million albums? Yes, they did. But the trick is, is that his company, his or her, or their company or whatever, or record company is the name of the company that, uh, that bought them. And then they mark them up for a slightly more price, and then they sell them by like some third-party company. Now, if they don't need to do all of that for all of them, that's fine. Okay, they see what everybody else buys first before they actually start to use their own money. And then they've raised the bar with the last 20, 30, or whatever percent just to take them to that next level. If it went platinum, which is like, it's supposed to be like some really high amount of records, like 10 million or whatever, I'm just making up something, right? Um, and they're like almost halfway to double platinum, or like more than halfway to double platinum, like, but you know, they're basically just short from like that next bracket. They'll just buy the rest of the records. They'll just redistribute them or something like that because they're gonna make more on that status. And it's weird, it's like stock, it's like a stock market. It'll actually spike up again um, after uh, people know, man, this is fire, this is hot, you know, like, man, this is such a great album. It went double platinum, you know? So, moving on to comedy, if you're the funniest guy that's the comedian, uh, out of, like, five people or whatever, there's a very high possibility that, psychologically, the person that is the headliner or the feature, if, after a show, people are walking by them and they're like, man, this guy is the next best thing. He was hilarious. I'm going to come back to see them. Headliners don't, not all, but there are headliners that don't like you to outshine them. The consistent element of this, though, of this formula is the booker, the manager, the owner of that club. If five people or ten people that are all if uh, ten people that are all uh, headliners in a comedy show hypothetically if I were to feature for them for nine uh, if nine out of ten say that I did great they, they raised the bar and they wanted to do better um, and, and it made them a better comic by me working harder right Be right before they go on stage I'm crushing it hypothetically right it only takes um one comic, comic number 10, to complain to the manager, and then I'm not booked there anymore. Or, um, or I'm booked less, or something like that, right? So, I can get away with 9 out of 10, but the consistent element, the consistent element, which is that booker, the manager, the owner of the club, or whatever, it only takes one comic one time, and there are egos out there. So, it's a weird, it's a weird structure of um, it not being a meritocracy, full circle, coming around really, of what I was saying. You can be the funniest guy in a room, but you might not be the right sex, the right gender, the right, um, uh, you know, fill in the blank. You might not be this, you might not be that. I mean, they, they literally have specific shows that are, um, you know, uh, Hispanic only night or women, women's comedy night. And that's fine. You know, it is what it is. But what I'm saying is, is that when, when all of these opportunities are segregated by some reason, which again is fine, I get it, okay? But I'm just still making a mathematical, statistical point, which is the more segregated uh, opportunities that there are when you group together instead of being like, hey, funny comedians on a funny comedy show, uh, every time uh, that happens, 
everyone in every other group that's not a girl, that's not, you know, again, fill in the blank, whatever, um, gay comedy night, that's a real thing. No hate. I don't care. I'm just saying. But in general, it blocks out everyone else who's not in that group. And I don't really like those. I don't like those themed shows um, for two reasons. Uh, actually, really just one, because I don't have, it's one less opportunity that I have. I mean, if you are a certain gender and a certain sex and your race is whatever, I'm just making up a, a simple example, okay? Then you could get into these shows over here, the shows for this gender and the shows for this race. You got more opportunities and that's great, but it's not a meritocracy at that point anymore because you're like other things, you're being selected based off of exterior factors. Another one, there's no way to get around. I'm new to Texas, right? If there's limited opportunities on a um, on a comedy show, because there's only like five or ten comics or whatever there is for a, a, a comedy show or less or something like that. Um, and what was I saying? Oh, yeah. If there's like five or ten comics on a comedy show and it comes down to me and someone else who the owner or manager or all the other comics have known for like 10 years because they're all friends and they're from Texas, they're from this area, 100% they're going to choose their friend and give them another opportunity. That's life. I get that too. But again, it's still not a meritocracy. I work very hard to be the best at everything that I do. And the thing is, I only do two things. When I say it like that, again, it slows down, it, it barrels down the focus, and it sort of just shows to anybody that's listening or sees me or whatever that I'm 100% all in or, or 0%. And I'm like either 100% in or 100% out. And when it comes to things that I'm passionate about, which are only two things, comedy and jujitsu, you know, you don't, you're not the best at something because of what you do uh, on stage. It's what you do off stage. It's what you do when you're no longer in front of somebody. It's when you're doing your creative writing, your deep thoughts, your meditation and stuff, having something from a unique angle that no one ever thought about that's in front of everybody that they see every single day. Or, and this is my philosophy that is, telling something that's completely unique in an angle and a perspective for something that everybody sees every single day that no one ever really thought of. Or B, telling something, a story or something like that, um, uh, that is completely unique that nobody can relate to. Either way, I'm keeping somebody completely on edge the entire the entire time that I'm talking to them or whatever. Um, and that's that's my formula as far as what to say. I'm putting a, a general box around it. But um, anyway, is it fair? No, it's not fair. It's not fair at all. Do I wish it was meritocracy to where if I was the best guy, or despite of, I mean, if everybody that was the best um, rose to the top, a hundred percent I do, okay? But that's not the situation. So do you know what I do? Here's what I do. I take all of those not rejected, like not like I'm good enough, not like I'm not working hard, but all those dismissed opportunities and all those opportunities I don't get, and I get pissed off and I have my rage built inside me and I channel it and I focus it towards being better. And then when I do get on stage, I destroy, I crush. I feel like 
that as long as you know what and how to do with some form of, not rejection, but uh, dismissal, then you have the power to continue to progress, to continue to get better, and to be more creative because it teaches you on the outside what to do, uh, again, not with missed opportunities, like you like you had it and then you didn't have it, but for an opportunity you didn't ever get, you know? And I'm doing that now. I'm starting to do corporate shows. I'm starting to branch out and I'm creating my own shows. I'm getting involved in the business aspect a lot more so that I can fully start to produce my own and headline or co-headline or whatever. You know what I mean? But when I see somebody that gets an opportunity uh, that they don't deserve, that isn't good, and they, they go ahead of me in line, it's no different than if I go to somewhere and someone steps in front of me and they're like, oh, I'm just getting one item, so it's okay that I step in front of you. You've been in line for like five minutes or whatever at the grocery store and there's like some huge line. Maybe it's about to be like a winter storm or whatever, something like that. And somebody's like, oh, I just got one item. Hey, this is one line that you're not going to cut. This is a, a certain circumstance. And you got those other people not always trying to be like, no, just let them go. Just don't get involved. There's two different kinds of people in the world. There's something, somebody that does something with actions and someone that does something by non-action. That's not me. I'm an action forward kind of guy. So I will call that person out all day. I will <laughs> take your damn potato chip bag and I'll throw it across the store. If you're bold enough to try to uh, intimidate me, well then you're, you shouldn't be, uh, you shouldn't be surprised by having me, um, uh, be bold enough to respond back. So it is what it is. And, um, I'm excited for today. I'm pumped for tomorrow. I just did a show. Uh, there were thousands of people there. I got to find out what the headcount was. It was dark, but it was an outdoor event and I crushed, I did great. Uh, and then I went home. It was amazing. I loved it. It was my best comedy show of the year. And I'm always looking for these new opportunities, but I'm also learning and working and creating on making new opportunities for myself. So I am a hater. When I see somebody that, that, uh, that gets an opportunity they don't deserve, hate that shit, you know, but I don't, I won't necessarily call them out because I don't want to get a bad name. Okay. And this isn't just about me. This is other people that I see it happening too. you know, to get stuff based off of uh, favoritism or preference, not out of hard work. I'm all about that hard work. Right. Um, but the thing is when I tell these people privately and stuff that I'm very close with only those that I'm close with. So I know they don't like gossip about me or something like that. Right. Um, let it be known that, yeah, I'm a hater. I don't like that shit, but at least I'm honest. And if I'm close enough with you, or if you just know me in general, if it's happening around me, I'm thinking it a hundred percent. That's what part of this whole podcast is about to have people understand how, how I think and stuff like that. Cause I may be a hater, but I'm honest and, um, you know, uh, but I don't have to be rude. I don't have to be confrontational with it, but I hate that shit and I'm upfront about it. I tell them, I tell everybody up front the things that I hate. And if people get quiet and they start tiptoeing around the subject, it's because they know they're one of the ones on the list. But I don't need to call anybody out. You know, there's a great UFC fighter, Conor McGregor, and um, he uh, he made a comment. And sometimes it could be a random person. It could be a janitor. It could be a doctor. It could be anybody from any profession, right? But he said one thing which was really, really great. Um, uh, and it was very philosophical the way that he said it. And it was very unintentional. It had no meaning of having to have it be impactful, 
and it did. It was, you know, because it added on to my belief and my core of myself of these things I've already explained to you today, which is meritocracy, working hard, dedication, passion, creativity, all these elements. Um, and he said, uh, losers focus on other people, winners, winners focus on themselves. And I'm paraphrasing how I said it, but in short, he's basically saying, or at least, let me take it back, the way I interpreted that was that um, it doesn't matter what other people are doing. Don't look what other people are doing. Just focus on yourself. And that's the big thing. When I see these things and I observe them, I just take them uh, as observations. I build up all that um, animosity and, and certain stuff like that. I channel it into focus it to greatness, and then I output it, and then I just destroy it. You know, in an awesome way. You know, do do great. In other words, so anyway, with that being mentioned, I've been going twenty minutes. You know, usually I only go like five minutes or something like that. But I'm a very passionate person. The thing is, I'm passionate about very few things. But those things that I am passionate about, I'm all in. So now you know me a little bit better. You see me on stage, and I'm just grabbing that microphone. I'm squeezing it with my fist. I just. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, with my hand and it's, I'm just, you can see my fist all tight and stuff. I'm ready. I'm in the moment. I'm loving it and I'm crushing it. It's like I'm going to war and that's a freaking battle axe, not a microphone on top of that metal, uh, that metal grip of that microphone. So anyway, I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm motivated and I'm ready to crush today. Hope everybody has a beautiful day. Have a happy 4th of July. I'm Benja. Well done. Check me out. Peace.